Salut tout le monde, bienvenue sur mon podcast. Cet épisode s'appelle The Making of a Man. You ever notice how French people, when they speak English, they speak English with a French accent? It is so cool. Okay, this episode is The Making of a Man. And this is, I'm really excited about this one because, like, I'm, 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 I'm so excited about this one. I'm very excited because, like, this is very close to heart. It's very dear and near to my heart. So, I'm just really excited, like, like really excited. Like I, I keep on repeating myself because I'm so excited. I'm not really sure what's gonna come up next, but I'm really excited about that. And so stick around if you're male and if you're female and for whatsoever reason you happen to be listening to this, I, I think that I think that that a lot of the stuff is pretty general. So I guess it, 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 it can apply to pretty much anyone. But this is specifically, like, firstly, it's directed to my male listeners. So, yeah, let's go. Let's get into the episode. So, I've been planning for this episode ever since the, like, when the idea for Dear Woman came. And Dear Woman didn't start out as Dear Woman. It started out as... What is it again? It started out as to the woman whom God loves. And then like on the final day when I'm about to publish the episode, I just changed my mind. Uh, okay, maybe two days before that, I'm like, you know what? I think it would be so cool if I just titled it Dear Woman. And so I went on Canva. If you don't know what Canva is, if you want to make really great templates, check that out. And no, you're not paying me to say that. I'm just giving you free information. If you're if you're an artist and you like creating artsy stuff, I'm gonna I can give you like really cool websites to check out. If you want pictures for like like cliche generic pictures that you want to find, uh, you can find there's Unsplash, but Unsplash does not just have cliche generic pictures. It has really cool pictures as well. And Canvas for designing templates for whatsoever reason. I, I, I've used it for Instagram. I've, I also used it for the episode Dear Woman. And I can use it for a lot of things. Like really, if I want to make an inspiring template, like an inspiring post or whatever, Canva and anchors for the podcast, of course. So yeah, 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 yeah. So what was I saying again? Oh yeah, so I wanted to make this episode just when the the idea came for dear woman i was like it's about time i make one for my male listeners and i'll and uh here we are so i'm really excited about this because i've been i've been listening to i've been listening to some stuff some jordan peterson some (laughs) you know it's really it's really interesting and right now i'm listening to his audiobook um what's it called the 12 rules for life i think 12 rules for life uh and uh but only one remark though i don't understand how he is talking about evolution and and creationism at the same time i i just that's the only thing i don't understand but anyway um i'm really excited about this episode so the reason behind this episode is because i want to empower my young man, my fellow young man, I want to I, I want to speak to y'all and to encourage you and to just speak to you about your identity and to speak to you about 
who you are about. I'm going to speak about responsibilities. I'm going to speak about like becoming a man. So the reason I call this the the making of a man is because uh, and is because really there's a bit there's like the the one that's at the bottom that's like the foundation of it all the men the what is it the manhood that's like you're born with you're born a man you're born male and so and then there's a manhood that you grow into and that more specifically is the one that we're talking about that men that are born men uh, the men that are born men about becoming men growing into manhood and so i i bet you already know where I'm, where i'm getting with this no really i bet you already know my main scripture but i i don't i haven't used it much but that's what we're going to follow through i'm really excited about this let's get into it So, where is life at? Life, actually, life is going good right now. Like, I feel like my dopamine levels, like the good kind of dopamine, is, are real. it's really, really going, like, really up. So, life is, life is going great. So, I'm really excited about where, where's life at. You know, I, I always know where's life at until I start recording. Then I then I start losing words. I don't I don't even know why, you know. So what are some things that are happening right now? So some things that are happening right now is today morning I was praying, and when I was praying today morning, I felt God I felt God saying that I felt God saying that you're the one who ran away. You're the one who left. I was saying to him that I miss home. I miss the things of heaven. I miss the th I miss your things, God. And he said that you're the one who left. And so that that's really spoken to me and really encouraged me. But I'm really I'm really grateful. Um so I just want to let you know that um as for where life's at, um I I, I like I told you in 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 the other episode that I had been wasting a lot of time on YouTube, um, I don't know why. I guess it became like a cope mechanism, and uh, it became this uh, uh, like dopamine, and uh, dopamine is involved in, in a lot of things. So I'm playing with, I'm playing in dangerous field here, a lot in dangerous territory. So, so I I I I guess. I preferred this fake world, I guess, over my real world. I like whenever I'm, whenever I needed something to distract myself, YouTube. I, I wasn't even being creative anymore. It's like, yeah. But I'm just so grateful that I'm slowing down and unwinding. And speaking of unwinding, I want I wanted to make an episode about unwinding, like like an episode titled unwind unwind let's catch up you know like we just talk about where's my life at so yeah 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 
So not only that, but yesterday was a really frustrating day. Really frustrating. I I just wanted to go to sleep and get the day over with. Um, because especially yesterday, um, all throughout the day, I was warring, warring with lust. And so in the last episode, I, 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 I talked about the flesh and the spirit. So my spirit wants the things of God. My spirit hates lust. My spirit hates all of that. My spirit does not even want to get close to that. But my flesh, my flesh is drawn to it. My flesh wants to, my flesh wants to dishonor God. And uh, yesterday I just feeling so frustrated. Like I wasn't saying, God, take it away. I wasn't saying, God, just take all the desires, the good and the bad away. I just felt really frustrated and I and I needed and I had times when I just wanted to talk to God about it and tell him that God this is so frustrating why why is it weighing down so heavy on me why is it that it seems that why is it that it seems that I'm losing control and I, my own mind I have become my own enemy like my own mind is my own enemy which is of course if we put it in biblical terms my flesh is my spirit's enemy and of course, the spirit, the flesh warreth against the spirit. The flesh lusteth against the spirit. And the spirit lusteth against the flesh. Now, the kind of lust that's mentioned in this in this verse is not necessarily sexual lust. It's it's the it's just plainly desire. It's just a really deep word for desire. And I know and I know language, so I know. So I just really I, I i was really frustrated at the end of the day and i remember also dealing with anxiety yesterday and just r feeling really anxious because because my mom is yet to my mom was yet to give birth to our latest brother asher um so when before 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 she before before that earlier this year when still in the darkest season of my life when i saw that that mom, that mom was pregnant. I was, I, I, and 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 she hadn't even told us yet. I could see it. I was in denial. I did not want. I did not want anyone knew. And you may think, wow, gosh, why would you do that? I don't know. I was just under a lot, and I was just being very unreasonable. I didn't want. I did not want anyone, any new person. And God really started working on my heart that. When the baby comes, will you, will you love him? Because remember, God had, was revealing his love to me. Like it was blowing my mind completely. On like, will will you love him? And I was like, okay, Lord, okay. And uh, and then God actually gave me the chance. I'm the one who gave him the name Asher because. Because I, I wanted that when I grow up, when I'm older, I am growing up. I'm almost, I'm, I'll forever be growing up. But when I'm older, that I was, I was gonna name one of my one of my children. If he was a bo if he was a boy, I was gonna name him Asher. But now, but now I've already now that I given him now that I've given the name to my youngest brother. I guess I'm giving it to. Him. I guess I, I guess 
when I grow up now, my choices have changed. I'm going to name my first son. I'm not saying that that I'm not if my if my child is a son, my first son, I'm going to name him Caleb. That's my first choice for a name. Like that's it. So anyway, anyway, yeah, that's that. So he was born today and I'm really excited to see him. We haven't seen him. My mom is still at the hospital. I said, "Can we come?" And she was like and she was like, "No." And they, they won't let you in. So, yeah. But aside that, one one more thing you should know is just yesterday I wrote my first article. It's not yet, yet published. I wrote my first article on Medium, medium.com. And uh, you're going to see it. Um, my It was just like I told you yesterday, it was really frustrating. And my dealing with lust, I, my, my article is titled, how I hate lust. You know, I should make it more clickbait. Let me say why I hate lust. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just I just edited the title while recording this. So, yeah, that's where that's kind of where life's at. So let's get into the rest of the episode. Let's go. So this is our main passage for today. It's First Corinthians, chapter thirteen, verse eleven, which says. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So now I want to read from a certain point so that you can kind of like understand what he's talking about and why he's talking about this. Then we're, then we're going to come back to this to this verse 11. So I'm going to start from verse 8 which says love never fa- love never fails. But whether there are prophecies he she's just talked about love, you know the famous scripture that love is patient, love is kind, love is well, let me see what else does it say? Okay, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Okay, oh yeah. Love suffers long, does not envy does not parade itself, is not puffed up, and etc. So, let me see. Let's start. Love never fails. But whether there, there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect, which my Bible calls in the margins here, it says complete. That when that which is complete has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dim, dimly, but then face to face. He's talking about how we'll see Jesus face to face about the revelation of all, of all things. I'm not saying we will know everything in heaven. I don't think that's possible. Only God knows everything. Then, but then face to face, most especially Jesus. Now I know in part, but then I shall be known just as I also am known and now abi- and now abide these three abide faith hope and love 
But the greatest of these is love. So basically, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is talking about love. What is love? So I was reading this. I was reading this. I was studying I was studying this a while ago and I and I wrote and I wrote it down in my in my way. I wrote it down in a sort of poetic way. But I never I never quite got to this part because I, I just wanted to when I was studying it, I just wanted to write what is love according to the Bible. So here we have what is written here. And I'm going to focus on two of these of on two of these verses. But when that which is complete has come, that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Here he's talking about the context here is love. And my context here, and so I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to use this in, an, in another scenario, which is that of manlyhood, which is something he, he kind of mentions in passing. And so I'm going to focus on that. And we're going to go all throughout the Bible with this. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as, as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, as I said, there are, according to me, according to my observation, there are two types of manhood. There's the manhood that you're born into, that is gender, and there's uh, there's a manhood that you grow into, as clearly shown here by First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse eleven, that we become men. Now, my assumption is that I'm speaking to young men who are, in turn, becoming grown men. And so I want to speak to that, and I just want to encourage you from the Word of God and using examples, great examples from the Bible about, I'm going to pick certain things about their character, and I'm going to, and that's what we're going to discuss in this episode. That's basically what's, what it's all about. Let me see if this is a notebook where I've written the the people for the inspirations for this one. Let me see. Okay, it has a lot. Okay, can't find it yet. Let me see. Oh. Yeah, here it is. Now, I have three men that I'm going to pick from the Bible. I have Daniel, I have Joseph, and I have Jesus, the greatest of all. <laughs> Uh, the greatest of all time, the goat. <laughs> okay, thank you. Maybe that would be offensive. I have Daniel, Joseph, and Jesus. And I'm going to pick one thing from all of these about their character. Now, Jesus, Jesus's character was perfect. But all these men are great men. Yeah, I could have put David here for, for being able to relate to imperfection, yet God still calls him a man after his own heart. But uh, let me see. Can I? Daniel. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm removing Joseph. So now we're left with Daniel, David, and Jesus. Yeah. 
for some relatability, for being able to relate to imperfection. Yeah, because David wrote a lot of Psalms, and I really love the Psalms of David. I, I think that they're very relatable when he has even like breakdown moments. It's so relatable. So, yeah, we're going to pick one thing from all these three, Daniel, David, and Jesus. One thing about their character, and we're going to discuss that. Yeah, let's go. So the first one we're starting with is Daniel. An interesting thing about Daniel is this, and I bet this is, is if and especially if you're, you're gonna okay, especially if you're this age, you're gonna be completely mind blown. So I'm gonna read to you from my Bible the introduction to the book of Daniel, and this is what it says: Daniel's life and ministry bridged the entire seventy-year period of the Babylonian captivity. Deported to Babylon at the age of sixteen, and handpicked. For government service, Daniel becomes God's prophetic mouthpiece to the Gentile and Jewish world, declaring God's present and eternal purpose. Nine of the twelve chapters in his book revolve around dreams, including God-given visions involving trees, animals, beasts, and images. In both his personal adventures and pr prophetic visions, Daniel shows God's guidance, intervention, and power in the affairs of men. The name Daniel or Dan Dani Daniel means God is my judge. And the book is, of course, named after the author and principal character. The Greek form Daniel in the Septuagint is a basis for the Latin and English titles. So the rest of that was pretty useless, but I read it nonetheless. Okay. So what I love about Daniel, what I love about his character is this, that for example, that's when when we start off the story of Daniel, there's Daniel and his friends. King has a dream, and uh, when he has a dream, King Nebuchadnezzar has a probably has a really bad temper. <laughs> He's like, if you sorcerers and magicians and Chalde Chaldeans don't tell me what my dream is and the meaning of it, like I'm gonna have y'all killed and replaced probably. <laughs> so, and. Uh, what I love about Daniel here in this, in this story, I mean, the, the, in this story, is that Daniel is not Daniel. I love there. There's two stories that of Daniel here. The rest are dreams and his friends. So, um, um, the, this story, the first story is where the king has a has a dream, and what I love here is that Daniel is not even shaken. He has such, he is so dependent on God. He is so dependent on God. And the same applies even to when he was threatened to, he was threatened to worship, to be thrown to the lions. He was so dependent on God that God would come save him. The same could be said, not just of Daniel, but of his friends, that they were so dependent on God. I, I love what Daniel's friends said. They said that, you know what, that, our God is going to save us, O oh, King Nebuchadnezzar. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow to you, to your statue. We won't buy, bow to your statue. 
and I really, really love that. So, number one takeaway from Daniel, from the story of Daniel, for me right now, is his dependence on God. Men of God are dependent on God. They're not dependent on their on themselves, but on God, primary, primarily on God. See, I'm growing up and I'm moving out soon. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have uh, to some degree I'm gonna be in I'm gonna be independent from my parents. But I'll be even more I, I'll have to be even more dependent on God if I'm gonna if I'm gonna make it. You know? I'm gonna have to be even more dependent on God. So men are to be dependent on God. Men of God, godly men are to be dependent on God and trust God, trust in God. So this is a takeaway from Daniel, that we must learn to trust God in every situation. In the situation of, in the situation here, Daniel had a lot of wisdom and knowledge here. Like that, that's another thing. He was so dependent on God that God imparted to him even secrets and mysteries, and even of the dream that the that the Mad King wanted. So, let us learn to be men who depend on God. And uh, I'm coming to just really more and more put an emphasis on that. Sometimes I get away from that, from that and I just try to be dependent on myself and I become dependent on my phone and other things and things, basically. But we have to learn as we grow into men, we are to leave childish things this is this is that, that was our main passage we are to leave childish things because god wants to make us complete god wants to our maturation into manhood god wants to make that complete we are to leave childish things and what is what are other childish things childish things are like giving up things that are childish i don't i don't know what that is for you but for me it means like taking responsibility and uh, taking responsibility and being dependent on God to walk through and to be able to fulfill it, to fulfill my requirements, my responsibilities, to being dependent on God to be able to be sustained and all that. And I've really seen that in my life, that God is really working on my character, that he is my provider. He is the one that leads me. He is the one that guides me. And I want to say the same to you, that when you learn to be dependent on God, God's got your back. Either he's God or he's not, and he is. So I just want to tell you, you can trust God. You can be dependent on him. Daniel was dependent on God in really extreme situations where he was really, he was threatened with death. And there's another example here which like he was to give the meaning of some writing on the wall. I think it's the writing is mene, mene, I don't know. Tekel uparsin, uparsin. I don't even know what that means. So even then, Daniel was dependent on God to give him wisdom. Daniel was dependent on God to protect him. Daniel was dependent on God to sustain him, to provide for him. He wasn't dependent on the king. He wasn't dependent on his riches. He was dependent on God and God alone. 
and as we grow, real men, godly men, and we're coming to that. That's where we're going, right? That's where we're headed. We have to learn to come to the point where the one upon whom we depend upon becoming a man is not being independent, completely independent. It's about being dependent on God. Let not let not the let not independence become so much that you forget that you need help. Real men are dependent on God. And look, Daniel had godly friends. He had godly men around him. He had godly godly peers around him who encouraged him. And uh, I think that in my life, God has done that for me. And God has allowed me to kind of be that for other people and other people that for me. And uh, I'm really grateful that God has brought men in the making of this sort who encourage me to be more of a godly man, more dependent on God and trusting on God, saying that this is what real manhood is like. Because the world tries to tell you that manhood is this and this and this and this and that. And uh, and uh, I don't know, like the world really exaggerates even like the psychology of men. It really exa exaggerates that. It takes that to a really, really high extreme. But I just want to say that we are called to be godly men and godly men are dependent on God and godly men are surrounded by uh, and godly men to grow to become a godly man. You have to be surrounded by godly men, godly peers who are and especially who are who are male because because you are you can relate more in that in that facet and that you help one another to grow in becoming men of God, godly men in the world as we're growing up. So when I was a child, I thought as a child, I acted as a child, I did childish things. But when I became a man, I left, I left behind childish things. And part of leaving behind childish things is leaving behind our kind of like, I'm okay without God and I don't need other people. No, that is not okay. We are to learn to be dependent on God and not necessarily dependent on people, but to have people, to be surrounded by people, godly people, who are going to help us to live life. Yeah, so that's the first point. And next, we're going to go to David. So, next we have David. Now, I love David. I really love the Psalms of David. Have you read them? They are so emotional. Sometimes it's like, God, where are you? God, why have you left me? God, my enemies are piling up against me. And I feel like that, you know. I feel like that sometimes. Like even yesterday, I felt like it was it was it was very much psychological and spiritual. Like I think that it, now I'm getting a bit off track, but let me explain what I mean. A lot of the times it's like people put the extreme that it's either it's either all psychological or all spiritual. Now Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is deal with the psychological part. And sometimes it's not merely psychological, it's spiritual, and that is to be dealt with. So, yeah. Now, what I love about David is that he is a man after God's own heart. Now, we have to find out what is it about David that God loves so much? What is it about David that makes him a man 
It's after God's own heart. So, I'm going to read to you this, this story of like how it all happened, right? So, David is actually, I'm looking at it from a website right now. And it says, it's the website is mountaineagle.com. The Bible calls David a man after God's own heart twice. The first time was by Samuel, who anointed him as a as as backslid and King Saul's successor. But now your kingdom shall not continue. This is air quote. This is quotes. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own his own heart. Remember that Saul was was chosen by the people. The people elected Saul. Um, the people elected Saul, but David was chosen by God. David was chosen by God, and uh, David was not Saul. Was Saul? I I've read this before, but it is said that David had red hair. Red hair. Now, I don't know in what version I read that in. I don't know in what version I read that in, but I I don't I don't want to waste too much time looking for it right now but it's actually in acts chapter 13 verse 22 that god calls david after his own heart so acts chapter 13 verse 22 so here it is and when he that is god had removed him that is saul he raised up for them david has as king to whom also he gave testimony. Can you imagine God saying that of you? And saying, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. That's why he found him a man after his own heart. Because he was willing to do all his will. Remember, Saul... One of the things that Saul did that kind of led to his downfall, God told he went to war with with this like army, and he didn't kill the king. I don't know what what for what reason he could have killed. Maybe he wanted to keep him as a trophy king to show off to people, but he didn't kill the king. He didn't do all according to God. And another thing that Saul did was, um, there was this one time when. They were they were waiting on Samuel to come give the suff the the sacrifice, the the offering, but Saul seeing that Saul was taking oh, what am I saying? Saul Saul seeing that Samuel was taking so long, decided that decided that you know what Samuel's taking so long, I'm gonna give the the offering myself. So he did that, and that really displeased displeased God and. Those two things are so far what what from my observation are kind of like big factors in Saul's downfall. But David is a man after God's own heart. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all, who will do all my will. God wants obedience from us. That's the thing about David. It's obedience. Remember, Saul Saul haunted him. David had opportunities to kill Saul. I was reading this, the I was reading this like 
two months ago and and being like, dude, just get rid of him already. David had opportunities to kill Saul a lot of times. But David says, I will not kill the Lord's anointed. He was doing the will of God. He was obedient to God, even though he had chances to kill Saul, who Saul was really the unreasonable one. And David would have all the reasons to kill Saul because Saul was the one who was out to kill him and has and has anger issues. One woman, he's like, okay, David, okay, 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 it's okay. I see you, you had the chance to kill me, but you didn't. He's like the evil villain who just won't quit it. He's like the maniac. And like... So, and then after after a while, he's like, "Let's go kill David again." It's like, it's like he he just doesn't quit it. But here's the thing that we can take away from here: Acts chapter thirteen, verse verse twenty two, is that David was to do all of God's will. Now, the very fame. Now we all know this about. We probably all know this about David, is that he committed adultery with Bathsheba. Um. And that is one of his biggest known sins for which he wrote, of which he wrote, I think, Psalm 51, I think, or 50, just 50. Let me check. Oh, it's Psalm 51. I, I've written all over, all, all over Psalm 51 and repentance as well. So David is really, he's really repenting for his sin here and, uh, no wonder he was a man after God's own heart. Because even after he'd sinned, he'd return. Even after he'd gone against the will of God, he'd return to God. And even you read the Psalms and sometimes he felt like he was forsaken. Sometimes he felt like his enemies are against him. God save me. God deliver me. But David, but David did the will of God. David was a man after God's own heart. And God's timing was may have taken long. But David was steadfast. There were many ups and downs. One time he had to act all crazy and stuff. But one thing we can take away, even without going too deep into the story of David, and believe me, there is evidence of this in the stories of David and the event in the adventures of David. The adventures of David coming soon. This cinema. <laughs> okay, coming soon. This fall. Uh, blah blah blah. You know those 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 people. So yeah. The, we don't have to we don't even have to go too deep into the adventures of David just starting even here at Psalm 51 where he's repenting that's the will of God that when we that when we wrong when we do evil that we should repent but Saul was not really repentant no he was not and that's why God is never unfair and that's why God God loved David so much. And you can read about the things that David did. And I've read, I've, read, I've read some of the things that David did. And I'm like, wow, now that, now that is a man after God's own heart. Look at all the things that he's done. It's obedience to God. Times, times, at times, it would be like, there's this one time David was like, he would always want to inquire of the Lord. Lord, do we go up and attack these people? That, that have taken up our land or these people that are attacking us, will you give us victory? He inquired of God. He inquired the will of God. And so I want the takeaway from David is this. 
Godly men inquire of God. They seek to obey God, no matter the cost, no matter the consequences. David was willing to obey God, even though it meant that Saul could kill him. But Saul could not kill him because God had spoken the word and that word was not yet fulfilled. And that word would not yet return until it was fulfilled. So, godly men are obedient to God, even if it costs them everything. Even if they're shamed. Even if they're outcast. No matter the consequences, godly men are to trust God. We are called to trust God and to obey God. And God always honors obedience. Trust me. God always honors obedience. God is not playing toys with us. He wouldn't have given us free will if that's what he wanted to do. God is not playing with us. God is not toy with us. Because everything that God does is an intent and purpose. He works everything that he does. It's for our good. It's for your good. And so godly men have to learn to be obedient. We have to learn to be obedient, even if it doesn't make sense. And I've had instances like this, especially over the past year, where it didn't, where it didn't make sense to be obedient at all. Because in the natural, it seemed... I I didn't want to I didn't want to do anything in the natural I in the natural I didn't want to in the natural I didn't want to forgive I didn't want to do anything I just wanted to just you know isolate myself seclude myself not not seclusion in a good way but in the bad way and earlier this year even like I remember that in my mind, this is in my mind, I don't think it was out loud, that I had decided that God, I'm done with I'm done with I'm done with obedience. Cause like it doesn't make sense. Because I thought that every time I decide that I'm gonna be obedient to you, you ask me to do the craziest things. And uh, and and but right now I'm returning to that. I'm returning to that. And uh I felt I really felt like that and it's kind of like that with God. God will God will tell you to do things that don't make sense. And uh at times you'll be like is this God? So like I don't like to do like I like I I always want to know when it's God. I don't just want to go like oh it's God. It's definitely God, you know. So like I want to know. So when I'm not sure if if something that I think God wants me to do is from God, I get in this word. And then a lot of the times I'll see keywords of like what I heard with the still small voice. What I check the still small voice with is this word. So if I see keywords of what I heard with, with the still small voice of God, and I see them in this word, this written word, the tangible proof, then, uh, then, uh, and I, and I don't see it just once and I see it a bunch of stuff and it doesn't just appear in this word. It even appears when I'm listening to some teaching, to some preaching. And then I'm like, then it's like your heart, your conscience, your the spirit bears witness with your conscience that it is God. You have to be obedient. And so obedience is not easy. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not promising that it'll always make sense. But you can trust God. And you have to be willing to obey no matter what it costs. Because look at, look at David. Do you know that Jesus came 
through the lineage of David. David says, God said of David that God made so many promises to David. One of the promises is that I will establish like your kingdom will not end. And that is through Jesus because Jesus' kingdom does not end. Jesus is a descendant of David. He is a line of the tribe of Judah. We have to learn to be obedient. So we have talked about two points of maturing towards manlyhood. We, oh, manhood. We've talked about obedience and we've talked about dependence on God. We've talked about obedience to God and dependence on God. So now let's get to our most inspirational character. Now, I love our last character. I love Jesus. I am so excited. I'm so excited. Now, let's get into it. Now, our last inspiration is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Jesus. His name is Jesus. Now, Jesus is the Son of God, the perfect Son of God, the Holy Son of God. And uh, how does Jesus relate to us? Because he's God. Like, he's, he's like fully God. But don't forget, he's also fully man. And that's where we can relate to him. And now we can also relate to him in that we're not just we're not just humans, but we've been reconciled with God. So now we too are sons of God. We too are sons of God, and we're also human. So we can very much relate to Jesus. Now I love the character of Jesus. If you follow through the the Gospels, the Gospels of Jesus, they are they are they they are so full of like Jesus's humanity. Jesus is all doing doing only what god can do it's like it's it's mind-blowing and like there's even there's even this part with jesus being like kind of being tempted with the idea that came to peter that you won't go to the cross and jesus rebuked peter and is like get thee behind me satan i can only imagine being peter at that moment it must be really sad but what's the takeaway from jesus's life so, so far we've talked about repent, the like mature, maturing towards manhood. We've talked about repentance and we've talked about obedience. Now, what is the takeaway from Jesus' life? Now, Jesus was perfect, right? He was perfect. Like, I know this, this is up for theological debate. And so I won't, I won't make like a solid point. So I don't know if. If, if it was possible or not for Jesus to have sinned because God promised. Remember, God spoke the word and his word cannot be changed. It will happen. He spoke the word about how he was going to redeem humanity. But Jesus was also fully man. And for him to be fully man, he had to have the will to be able to choose good and evil, to have that free will. And so now... Having that, could he, is it possible that he could ever have sinned? Now, this is up for theological debate and I'm not going to get into the, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get into that. So we are in the book of Hebrews. So the, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about Jesus. So far, what I've noticed is that it's talking about his priesthood, about him, like according to the promise to the children of Israel, because I think it's, it's aimed like the the audience 
the ones to read this are the Hebrew people, sorry, the Jewish people. And I think that that's the target audience. So now as we're going through the book of Hebrews, I just want us to come to chapter 12. And uh, I want us to start at verse 2. Now let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. Looking away unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, whom for the joy that was set before him endured the, pain, the cross, despising the shame, and has set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For I consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Now, the key word here is he endured the cross. It's repeated twice throughout these two verses. He endured the cross, despising the shame. He didn't like the shame. He hated it, despising the shame. And now he's seated at the right hand of God. And now consider him who endured such hostility from, from sinners against him. Consider how he suffered. He, he endured. Now we have to draw encouragement from Jesus. This is what this is what this is what the writers say. Now, I don't know who wrote Hebrews, but I am more inclined to think to think it might be Paul, and that is up for debate. And I'm not making it. Uh, it's, I'm not saying it as a truth claim. So, looking away unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, we, as men, now as men, that is a base the gender we're born into it have to look away unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith the finisher of our faith whom for the joy that was set before him look there is there is great reward in the things that we do there is great reward in the things that we're yet to do now that now we're growing up and uh some of us are going to grow up to lead ourselves, to be leaders of ourselves. That's the first thing, like, like right? And how do we lead ourselves? By submitting ourselves unto God. Um, to, be, to, lead, to lead our families, to lead families, to lead businesses, to lead, to lead churches and, and organi organizations, NGOs, and and such and such now there is great reward in such there is great reward and uh, in all these tough times will come it'll be really hard at times you won't like it look jesus despised the shame he hated it but he endured the cross for your sake for my sake and now we have to look as our example. This is what the writer is saying. Looking unto Jesus as our example. That he had much more of a reason to give up. Sinners were resisting their own salvation. And they didn't even know it. They didn't even know it. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So whenever you're 
you're discouraged, you become weary and discouraged in your soul, you have to learn to endure. Part of, of growing up spiritually and growing up as a man is learning endurance. To learn to endure trials, tribulations. In fact, let's go to the book of James. The book of James says this. Now, the book of James says this. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. This is hardships. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or endurance or perseverance. But let patience have its perfect work in you that you may be perfect. There's that word again. Remember, we started out with it. We start, remember, we started out with it in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, verse, in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 10 and 11. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, we're back to James. But let patience have its perfect work in you, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. God wants to make us men of integrity. This was one of my prayers in where I where I found my my where I wrote down my inspirations for this episode, the the three men that we're using today. Minus one whom whom I removed. So this is my prayer. I, I could even take a picture of this, but it says I wrote down that God I'm putting that, I'm just adding that. Make me a man of integrity. Now I want to find the definition of integrity because I I didn't even write it there. I was gonna I was gonna do it, but I didn't. Let me see. Integra uh, integra integ yeah. integrity. Moral soundness, undivided or unbroken completeness or totality with nothing wanting. Moral soundness. And, and also definition number two is an undivided or unbroken completeness or totality with nothing wanting. Wholeness. It's also one of the, one of the things one of the things that of that is of integrity is probity, which is complete and confirmed integrity, having strong moral principles. We are called to grow. We are growing up to be strong and structured men who are morally sound and who stand strong and who take up their positions and who take up their responsibilities and don't run away from them, but stand strong and lead. Beginning with yourself. Beginning with yourself. And so now, what Jesus, our great leader, has said the example is that he endured. We read here in James, let patience, let endurance have its perfect work on the inside of you, that you may be perfect 
and complete. You want to get to maturity, you're going to have to endure trials. Trials are going to build you up into a man. Trials are going to build you up into a man. Trials are going to grow you up. Tribulations, don't run away from them. Hardships, don't run away from them. But face them because they build you up. They won't destroy you. God does not want you to be destroyed. They won't destroy you. And we are called to endure through it all, through the trials, through the tribulations, so that we may be perfect in our, in our character, that we may be men of integrity. God wants us to be men of integrity. And so, wrapping up now, God calls us, we've taken from our three examples, Daniel was dependent on God in all things. David, David was obedient to God. He was not perfect, but he was obedient to God. And because of that, he was obedient to God and repentant. And because of that, God calls him a man after his own heart. And now Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God. And I want to tell you that after you endure suffering or pain for a little while, it builds you up. And when you're built up, you're stronger than ever before. You can handle more than ever before, mentally even. So I've talked about Daniel and I also talked about community. And I talked that Daniel was surrounded by really good friends. He was surrounded by great friends. And I want each and every one of us to learn to build up that community, that community within a, that community. And so if there's any, if there's any one in your life, any male figure in your life, godly male figure who may, who you, who may help you interact with them, speak to them, learn from them, learn from their wisdom. You don't know everything. You don't know everything. I know it may come as a surprise, but you don't know everything. And your understanding right now, your ideologies, they're not perfect. Learn from them. And even the even grown, even those that are grown already, they're not perfect. Which is why growing up is go it goes on and on and on and on. And so going through this, we'll we'll learn we now. For the physical, that's automatic. Our bodies grow all on, all on their own. Now for the mental, that's, that's partly what we're talking about. We're partly talking, it's like two Venn diagrams of mental and spiritual. Now, I hope you were inspired by these three characters, Daniel, David, and Jesus. And that we should all strive to be men of God who follow the example set in this, in this word, who live out our lives through this word and not through the worldly standards and worldly ideologies. So I want us to pray. Lord, we come before you as the ones whom you love, the ones whom you have called.
Lord, make us men of integrity and help us to follow in your ways, to walk in your path, to live out this book, to live out these words written in this book, the words you have written of us, Lord. Lord, help us to follow your example, the example you've set for us, the example of endurance, the example of obedience, the example of dependence. Lord, help us to grow up to be men, to be godly men, to be men of integrity who seek you and who pursue you with all our hearts. We thank you for everything that you are and we give ourselves to you. Lord, make us more like you. Make us more like Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I hope you enjoyed that episode, that it talked to you. And so one thing that I forget to mention is that the world sets these standards of men, of manliness that 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 are hyper hyper exaggerated like you look at them and you're like okay but i want to let you know that that if you feel like oh then i'm not like that then i'm not i must not be a real man then no no yes you are and so i want us i want us men to encourage one another and I want us to, I, I, I'm, I'm much more comfortable calling myself a young man because I'm, because I'm growing into the manlyhood. So, but I want us men to encourage one another and I want us to grow. So if you ever need someone to talk to, like, don't hesitate. Email me right now. Like, don't hesitate. Like, I'm always available. I'm always looking to talk to people, you know. I want to hear people out. So, Yeah. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode, that it spoke to you. And um, if it really spoke, if it really spoke to you, don't be afraid to let me know again. Don't be afraid to email me that like just anytime I will. I, I promise you, I will answer. I will get back to you as soon as I can. I do. Tr- I, I do try my best to answer. Um, and uh, what else? What was I going to say? I, I, I've totally forgotten. And so there's a lot of there's yet a lot of things to learn. We're going to have to learn obedience, dependence on God and endurance and uh, the hard things, you know, like and also take up like as you're growing up, take up your responsibilities, like even like at home, take up your responsibilities and uh, do your part and stand strong. And I know that for some, we're all we're all called to lead something. At the very least, lead lead ourselves. Some some of us are gonna lead families. Some of us some of us are gonna lead, you know, ministries, others, businesses, others, many other things. Like there's so many things to lead. But at the very least, you have to start by leading yourself. And uh, you lead yourself by leading yourself, you know, bringing yourself in um, obedience to God. And that's where obedience comes in. And so sometimes you don't want to do anything. You just want to be lazy and laze around and do nothing. But you have to grow up in that regard and uh, learn 
and learn to not run away from hard things, but to face them head on, not run away from from the problems that come up in your life, but to face them head on, but to also endure through the trials because they're making you more and more, uh, they're making you more and more mature as a man. And so I hope that you enjoyed this episode, that it spoke to you. And uh, don't again, don't be afraid to let me know what you thought of the episode. And uh, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna, I'm gonna on Spotify. I'm gonna write down something that if you got any episode suggestions or any such any questions, just leave them there, or you can just email me. And also, um, if you're enjoying the podcast, don't don't hesitate to give it a good a good rating. Uh, to give it a good rating on whatever your podcast your podcast listening platform is so i'll see you next time i'm praying for you and hope you have an amazing rest of the week bye-bye